Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Yeah, you're very welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, kids across the country have finished with school for the summer. And we'll hear how you can keep them safe online over the coming months. The Data Protection Commission will join me to explain the controversial Section 26A. And we'll hear how cybersecurity trends have changed over the last two decades. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. Uh, on Tuesday of this week, TikTok launched a new functionality that enables parents and guardians to filter out videos they don't want their children to see. This is one of the many add-ons that TikTok has produced with a view to keeping its younger users safe on the platform. Alex Cooney of CyberSafe Kids joins me now. Alex, it's always great to have you on the show, so thanks indeed for your time. Um, TikTok seems to be pretty active in terms of bringing in different uh, controls and different procedures, I suppose, uh, particularly when it comes to children. On face value, what do you make of this one? Yeah, I think you're right that they have been potentially ahead of the game in terms of introducing safeguards over the last couple of years, um, which I which I think it does, you know, give extra tools to parents. I think uh, they we we had actually got a heads up that this one was coming, so we'd had the opportunity to to talk to TikTok directly about it, um, and I think it it does really make sense. I like the the element of it that's encouraging the conversation between parent and child. Mm. I do think that's really important that it's not just, you know, I, I'm going to block everything and you're just going to have to deal with it. It's it's more of a conversation. Uh, there is an opt out feature uh, for the teen, which I suppose gives them greater control and certainly would work for, for an older teen. I suppose I'm a bit concerned about those younger users. Uh, we do know that TikTok has uh, children under the age of 13 on the app. They're aware of it. You know, obviously we've got data on it. Um, but it's, I would imagine that parents want a bit more uh, control of what their, of their, their children's feeds um, where possible. So when TikTok gave you the heads up on this, um, did they explain how exactly it would work and sort of talk through some of the practicalities of it? Because as we've spoken about before, you know, if you go digging, I'm sure you could find elements of control on a whole host of different uh, platforms. But if the child doesn't consent or if the child is uh, more tech savvy than the parent, they can get out of it. Well, yeah, and and they're pretty open about the fact that it is an opt out, and they talk about wanting to empower uh, their the teens using their platform and to encourage the conversation. And I and I think that is those elements are important. I suppose where where it's more challenging is the, the those younger users. You know, we we had data and we published it last year that forty seven percent of eight to 12 year olds uh, are using TikTok. So, I, and, and we do encourage parents to really look at those in-app controls that they can use uh, and encourage them to use them. Uh, so it is tricky. This one it allows uh, teens to opt out or children to opt out, uh, which I suppose is putting a little bit more control back in their hands. Uh, and as I said, that that kind of works maybe if they're older, but maybe not so much if they're if they're younger. Um, they are very tech savvy and they, they're curious and, and want to explore and want the full experience on these apps. Yeah. And it also struck me that, you know, and I, I'm preempting people biting back saying, well, that's parenting. But it does place the onus back on the parent to be 
pretty much actively engaged, as I understand it, with uh, what w- with the different apps that their kids are are, are using. And I, and we would encourage that too. We do want parents to be really familiar with the apps and games that their children are using. We encourage them to, to look them up. You know, if a child comes home and says, I want to be able to TikTok, then important that the, the parent makes an informed choice about whether or not it's right for their child, whether their child is ready for it. Uh, and the more tools at, dis- at the disposal of the parent within the app to, to, to manage that experience so that it's safer for younger kids, especially um, the better. Uh, however, yeah, I think this is there is a general trend. It's not just TikTok with uh, these companies to push it back on the parents and say, look, we're giving these tools and controls to parents. It's really up to them from there on in. Um, and and that can be really difficult, especially with these younger users. And we and especially since we know that a lot of parents are coming under fierce pressure from their kids to be allowed to to access these apps, you know, uh, we Obviously, I've given the data there on on the TikTok users, but there's, you know it's the same with Snapchat, Snapchat, and you know Instagram, WhatsApp. These are all popular apps with children. Um, so we do think there's too much onus on parents, and that the the way that these apps are often designed, which is to hold attention and keep them engaged, keep them connecting, kind of makes that job all the more difficult. Yeah, um, it does, as you alluded to. It always comes back to the thing that we always talk about, which is having the conversation between the child and the parent. And I say child because, you know, we know the kids who are under the age of 13 are either on or want to get on these apps. Um, and it's very hard to put the genie back in the bottle. We're coming into the summer now. A lot of kids finish up for, or I think every child finished up for um, summer holidays this week. For parents who are going to face that pressure and the lobbying from their children over the summer, just remind us how best to start the conversation or to navigate the conversation if a child doesn't currently have a device of their own. So I think that that it really important, first of all, to, to think about you know, are you ready as the parent or caregiver for the responsibility that comes with the child being online? Because it is a huge responsibility. And that was what our Saving Rules Apply uh, campaign was about. It was about encouraging parents to think about parenting their children online as they would offline. Um, and so the readiness of the child is also really important. You know, I, I, there's a lot that comes with uh, access to the internet. There's lots of positive th- things that come with it, but there are also these these more risky elements to it. So really having a think about those things and, and thinking about how you as a parent are going to be involved with your child on that journey over time. And that will evolve too, right? Because as children get older, parents will need to step back a little bit more and allow that more, uh, that greater independence, uh, greater degree of privacy. But especially when they're younger, we need parents to be very involved. And uh, that means checking out what they're seeing and doing online. The conversations are absolutely key. Um, Using parental controls on the device, in app, um, you know, there's 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 lots of support to enable you to to put those in place if you if you're not so tech savvy as a parent. Um, uh, keeping an eye on what they're doing, so in, in, ideally having them on their devices. And again, this really applies to I suppose younger children um, uh, before they kind of hit those those teen years. Uh, having them in family spaces, so in the kitchen or in a living room where you can more easily check in with them, uh, having clear device-free times and zones in in the house. Uh, so meal times might be one, and nighttime might be another. So, uh, and and actually, we've got loads of great. We've got a, a digital parenting guide on our website, which parents are, are really welcome to to check out and download. It, it's it's full of great information for parents trying to navigate this very challenging uh, area of their children's lives. 
And, you know, I've already seen it in the last few days. Uh, there's going to be a lot more kids hanging around the place and there's going to be a lot more acting the maggot, which is all part of childhood and fair play to them. But we know that with smartphones and all the rest, you know, different acts get filmed and shared on social media and there can be consequences. Is there a, a, a rule book or a guidebook for parents to articulate that to their particularly young teenagers, I would say, uh, without trying to, you know, pee on anyone's parade, but just letting people know that, you know, just because you think you're having crack with your friends, it doesn't mean that you can't end up going viral online or being seen by a parent of another child or your teacher or whatever. And there could be consequences. Absolutely. And that's a, it's a really hard message to get across uh, to a child, you know, the, the the ramifications of sharing things online. I mean, we could be talking about personal information, name and address, and we could be or we could be talking about kind of intimate images type uh, uh, content. So we'd really encourage parents to have those conversations, not just about the, 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 the serious, the more serious side of it, but about, you know, being online in general and what and what that means and what that looks like and it, and it could you know talk about news and news sources but also what they're sharing uh, there's again there's great guidance online around this and and guidance even on how you might have some of those conversations around those trickier topics you know uh, access to pornography is another big thing that parents can are, are concerned about and for sure that you know that there there's um justification in that unfortunately we know that children even in primary schools um have access to it on, on occasion so it is something we need to be vigilant about it's it is something that we need to have conversations with our children about or you know the broad topic of it not necessarily using the word pornography with younger children um but talking about you know the importance of being really careful about what you share online uh the importance of things like consents and boundaries and you know if there's anything i mean ultimately the messages if anything you see makes you uncomfortable online then you know come and talk to me as as the parent and you know i will you know do my very best to help you navigate this through this um and not freak out i think is the other thing so so yeah, it just it is those conversations, and as children get older, especially in their teens, where maybe you have less control over what they're doing on the device or let, a less ability to t- check the device yourself, um, those conversations become all the more important. And the reminders, and and even if uh, like as in my my thirteen year old daughter's case, you know the rolling in the eyes you might get back, but still encouraging those conversations where you can. Mm. Um. The, the 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 notion of it just being social media or just being uh, smartphones is not the case. Having read research that you guys have published in the past, parents also need to be aware of uh, gaming consoles, any device basically that is connected to the internet. Yeah, I think we get very focused in conversations uh, and certainly in the media around the smartphone specifically and and there is some justification in that because obviously it is the most portable of the devices when you see kids out and about on devices it's a smartphone but what we're seeing the trends that we're seeing are that younger kids so the the kind of eight to ten year olds they're more likely to have a tablet or a games console. So tablet's the most popular device and and they're followed by a games console. And yes, they have that same power, right? They, they still can access the internet. You can still access gaming and social media. So it is important that we're keeping an eye on those as well. And again, the use is, is you know, where you can in family spaces where you can more easily keep an eye on them. And, and avoiding bedroom, being children being in bedrooms alone with their devices 
with doors shut because then the parental carer is really excluded from what's going on. Um, so trying to keep an eye on them, trying to keep that healthy balance, you know, between the online and offline to ensuring they're getting out and getting fresh air and, and running around outside too, uh, getting the right amount of sleep and so on, but also balance online that they're not just sitting down endlessly scrolling through social media or endlessly playing the same game over and over that has no kind of uh, educational value or problem solving value you know trying to mix it up online as well because there's loads of things they could be doing loads of creative things that they could be doing um uh, or things that have an educational value so um or social value like connecting mm. with friends and so on through through video so it's really kind of encouraging that balance in both senses yeah and as we've spoken about before you know you guys and certainly me anyway speaking for myself i'm not anti-tech at all. I actually think technology is a brilliant thing. And as I've mentioned before, like I wasn't the smartest or the most athletic kid by any stretch of the imagination. But I was curious and interested in technology and I was good at explaining it. And obviously now part of that's become my job. So there are opportunities, positive interactions that kids can have with technology. This isn't a let's lock every device up in the attic for the summer and, you know, let them have the tablet back when school starts or anything like that. There are productive things that they can be doing in relation to technology. Absolutely. And digital skills, I think we have to recognise, you know, we're, we're in a digital age. Children are growing up in a digital age. Digital skills are vital, but so are digitally, digital literacy skills. They come, they should come hand in hand, you know, so whilst learning to use, you know, all the technical functions of de- devices and learning how to navigate, we need to understand the environments that we're going into. And and so those conversations, again, coming back to the things like, you know, what's real, what's not real, um, you know, fake news, misinformation, disinformation, you know, having these conversations and encouraging children to check lots of sources. So if, you know, if your child comes to you and sort of says as fact, you know, that uh, I've seen a video that says, you know, there's an island where dogs live by themselves and rule the island, you know, you, you encourage them to go out and fact check things and check multiple sources. Um, and that message, you know, not everything you see is, is real is so important because, you know, children are being bombarded in often in social media with, you know, this sort of image of, of perfection. And, and this is what perfection looks like. And this is what, you know, a normal body looks like. And and it may not be real or representative of, you know, everybody or wider society. So I do think we, we need to, along with the encouraging the development of digital skills, we need to encourage the development of real understanding about the environments they're going into. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, Cybersafekids.ie is the website. I'm on it now and there are plenty of resources there uh, for parents of kids of pretty much every age. Um, And as we've kind of mentioned time and again, it all does come back to conversation. And I think it uh, it may have been yourself or perhaps Coleman Ochter who said before that, you know, if your child does come to you with something, if they've seen something online, don't lose the head straight away and don't say you're going to banish technology. Uh, I think is the advice still to, you know, talk about what they've seen, why they've seen it, how they've seen it and put measures in place to maybe prevent them seeing it again? Yeah, you do. Absolutely. You do what you can. And of course, I know for every parent, the, the, the first thought probably will be to freak out if their, their child has seen something online. Um, you know, in the local area, we had a, there was a video circula- circulating of, of uh, you know an animal being tortured and it was very short and it was very impactful and it was really horrible and you know parents were up in arms about how this had got into their children's feeds um but so i think that kind of really trying to 
keep an eye on what they're doing and encourage those conversations and not freak out when they come to you as best you can. You can all, and, you know, encourage absolutely not saying that there will be a ban on all technology. But, yeah, it might just be a little wake up call to say, OK, we do need to engage more on this. We need to have those conversations. We need to put the filters and controls in place um, because those are at your d- disposal as a parent. Now, it does, they're not foolproof. So it doesn't mean, right, I've put those in place. I can I can breathe, breathe a sigh of relief and, and leave them to it. You do still need to check in and keep an eye on what they're doing. But it, it but it does absolutely help. Okay, great stuff. Alex, as always, thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thank you.